0: Everyone has a story, and everyone's story deserves to be told. Titanium Blonde Talks is a podcast for women to share their stories, their journeys, their wisdom. I'm Sherry Eckert. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Titanium Blonde Talks. What I'd like to ask you is what's your story? Hello and welcome, everyone. I would like to introduce you today to Laura, who is an intuitive reader, a tarotist, and a coach. She has been featured in InStyle, Mind Body Green, Elephant Journal, as well as several other media outlets. She is educated and/or trained in metaphysical psychology, energetic healing, intuitive counseling, sound healing, crystal therapy, soul retrieval past life integration and healing, inherited trauma therapy, kundalini yoga and meditation, EFT, neuro-linguistic programming, shamanism, and cognitive behavioral coaching. I found Laura on Instagram and love her daily readings that she does and recently did her online reading for August that was very informative and loved the closing meditation. Please welcome Laura. Laura, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Absolutely.
0: So will you give us a little bit of a background as to what led you into the path that you're currently on, kind of where you came from and how you ended up where you are?
1: Oh, that's a long story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can give us the high points if you would. (laughs) uh,
1: Well, you know, basically I I think that I've I, I I recall in terms of just intuition, um, Always being just something that i I recognized within myself from a very, very young age. I think the first instance was asking my parents about a memory that I had um, that they swore was not a memory I could possibly have had. And Laura, you were a white blonde. You know, child, you never had dark black hair, um, and so I, I realized that, that very early on that that was a past life recollection. And so I think my interest was something that has always been with me. Um, but what led me to doing this professionally is I, I sort of went through a pretty dark night of the soul when I was still in college, and and I was raising my then one year old son. And left the relationship that I was in. And I realized that the readings that I was doing, kind of just on the side for friends, for family, that I could really begin doing that on on websites and and this great thing that was coming into being the World Wide Web um, and make a living out of it. And, And I could do what I was going to college for, which was, you know, in essence, to empower women and to advocate for women um and their rights. I could do that in such a a more direct less bureaucratic way than going into politics, which was initially my my uh my sort of career path. And so I just kind of threw myself into it, creating a website, working initially for some of the pad sites that you do, that you see like permanent fees and stuff. And pretty soon, you know, it was 16 years later and it's evolved from just readings to coaching and healing and, and, you know, has gone from a career path to kind of a sole purpose.
0: So, let me ask you this. I know that you were, at one point in time, a single mom, as you mentioned, and did you then have to go to school, or, I I mean, how did you end up, and, and the politics thing is very interesting to me, so... Did you, did you think that you were going to go on this path of being involved in politics to help set policy and then go, oh my God, that's really not what my my calling is for me to be doing. And I really need to be more in like the psychology and more intuitive aspects.
1: You know, I what it was in terms of schooling, I mean, I did go to school for coaching and I did attend the University of Sedona for metaphys- metaphysical psychology. Um, and I've taken various uh, certifications um, through the years for tarot and astrology and coaching and, and kind of, I don't know, I'm a perpetual student. I, it wasn't that I, I felt that politics wasn't my uh, a calling per se. I'm still immensely interested and socially active when it comes to politics and, and civil rights and all of that. Um, I just think I realized that the way that I could reach women, because initially my plan was, is I wanted to work basically on an international level for women's rights and to be able to advocate um, on their behalf, either as a lawyer or in the, you know, the sort of system of politics somehow. And I, I, I still very much am interested in that. And it's not that I just decided I kind of got turned off from it. It was more of just I realized I could have more of a direct impact, uh, less red tape, and that I could do this more on my own terms. And and like I've always explained, I, I don't really play well with others. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of, I'm much better when I can self-govern and and... Don't have any other rules other than the ones that I make conveniently enough. So the idea of being able to still empower women and work very directly and to not answer to anybody aside from the women that I, I work with was extremely alluring to me.
0: Well, it's so interesting that you say that you work better without having to have rules and being able to govern yourself and do your own thing is you're speaking to my heart there. It's it's one of those things like when I went through my yoga teacher training 16 years ago, I didn't do it to get those three little letters after my name and actually never pursued that because I didn't feel that the yoga alliance was the space for me to be able to move in i wanted to, like you wanted to be able to do it on my own and do more trainings and learn more things because it was self-directed not because somebody told me that i needed to do it right and and so i so understand what you're saying about wanting to be self-directed and and being in a space where you can actually what I'm hearing, and maybe I'm not hearing it correctly, but you feel that you can be more effective doing what you're doing on your own than going through a traditional path would be.
1: Oh, right. And I'm kind of I'm the anti-traditionalist. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, my husband and I always know because we've we've kind of been ass backwards. Oh, I hope I can say that.
0: <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs>
1: In everything that, that we do, you know, in, in our lives. And, and I really kind of saw my path as an ability to, you know, to kind of just sort of keep traditional pathways at an arm's distance, <laughs> basically. I-
0: I love that. You know, I mean, there are some points in reference where traditions are important to certain people, but I'm all about blazing your own trail. And that's sort of the interesting thing is that what I've noticed in speaking to wide groups of very different people is that there are people who identify with that and people who don't. And women, some women, that's their tendency, but they have been... Um, either rebuffed by their family or by their significant other or by something they've bumped up against in society that 's told them that they need that it 's better for them to stay on a traditional path. And I, I just feel like as more women are starting to wake up and go, you know, I don't have to live my life like that anymore, that there are so many women like seeking out other women's stories about, hey, I, I don't do that either. You're not alone. We're on the same kind of path thing. So it, it's interesting that you should say that because... um there have been so many women I've talked to, it's just like, oh, you know, I tried to stay within the the lines and it's like, oh baby, you need to color outside the lines.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. I I think that there's such a beautiful thing that comes when we sort of, whether or not we choose to do it with all things, I think it's important for us to exercise and to test out that sense of agency over what path we take. And and I agree 100%. There are so many of us that have just a ton of expectations that have been levied on us. And so we really have this sort of very defined view of what we need to do, how we need to do it, what success looks like, how that is achieved. But when we can just even test out that sense of agency or defining that for ourselves, sure, we may still decide that we like the structure, we like the traditional route, that we want to go with the tried and true. But there's still something very, very powerful with giving us that sense of exploration. And at least least having that awareness that regardless of what path we choose we ultimately hold that agency always and we always possess the ability to radicalize and to change and to you know dream bigger or to get ourselves out of a a jam or a bind you know we just hold so much agency that we I don't feel we really have been maybe taught to exercise in the volume that I think that we should if that makes sense
0: Well, you know, it's an interesting conversation I've had with a couple other people about just sort of the, and don't get me wrong, I love men. I think that the masculine and the feminine are very important, but I I think that as women, we've been for centuries dictated a way of how we should look, what we should be, how we should be, what we should where all of those things that it comes to a point where it's it's a like a shaming we get shamed publicly privately and and it creates a space of disconnection and and the whole thing of I think women waking up and taking power back or realizing their power is that it isn't something that we get from taking from someone else, that real power is built with others who help us. And that's why it feels like there's been so much time where it's been divide and conquer the women, because I think that men are afraid of the power of women. And when we get together as a group, we are incredibly powerful.
1: Oh yeah well you just described like the last <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of years of yes. history of this country and and just the The way in which we, you know, the the current paradigm is actively sought to sort of keep women in a position where they weren't fully aware of their own agency and their own powerful. Because not only are we very powerful as individuals, but when we come together and we do so in camaraderie and support, there's really not a whole lot we can't accomplish. Exactly. I I really, I, I love men too, love my husband to death, but women are unstoppable. And I've yet to meet a woman who hasn't made through, you know, some pretty disastrous experiences in their lives, experiences that I've seen others just crumble at having to to face or consider, much less go through and come out of. And, And I really am a huge, huge advocate for the fact that women are just truly... We're so much more powerful than than we've been told that we've been even given permission, quote unquote, to feel and to experience because the moment we do, there's a bunch of really colorful, unsavory.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've been called them all, bitch, ball (laughs) buster, you name it, I've been called them. (laughs) You know, and and it's just interesting to me. I look at also the fact that women are more self-critical than men are and that there are higher expectations on women for how much that we are expected to give. Like we give and give and give and give and give and give and give. And now the big word that everybody's talking about is self-care. It's Mm -hmm. about taking care of yourself so you can continue to do all the things that you want to do. But it's, it's that whole thing of We've been regulated for so long, even with you know what marriage was originally intended to be and what path you could go on and what you couldn't, couldn't say and what was proper and wasn't proper. And I've been one of these women all along that's been like, oh, hell no, you're not going to tell me what to do, what I can wear, what I can say and mm-hmm. how I can be. But it's amazing to me that there are so many women that have lived that way for so long and they, can't, and they don't realize that that's a part of the reason why they feel so bad in their life or bad about themselves or never followed their dreams. It's just been so interesting to me to kind of learn about all of that. And I'm sure you've heard a lot of that in working with all the people that you've worked with as well.
1: Oh, of course. I mean, this is the thing is I don't think it's something that we ever truly... Get over you know this sense of being disempowered or or feeling um, you know bad because of the expectations put upon us or feeling like we could never do enough or we aren't doing it the right way. I mean, there's so many things that we face and because of the system we are sort of forced to exist in, even those of us who have that initial sort of rebellious spirit who are like, screw that, I'm not doing that. From day one, we still come up and rub up against that every single day. Which oh,
0: absolutely.
1: Day is this exercise of reconciling between a, a giant, giant system. That wants to make us feel as though if we're not constantly giving and constantly being of service and constantly doing for others by others means and expectations, that we're not somehow living up to our role. That's a very difficult sort of position to be in. And, it, and frankly, I'm kind of of the mindset that so many of us and many many of the women that i've worked with for the longest time they they sort of just resigned themselves to that right oh because yes it's so much easier to sort of turn your cheek from it and learn to exist within the system than it is to to step out on that ledge and and really kind of rub up against the edge of that comfort zone and that system that of course you know has its expectations and so many of the the people that i work with the women that i work with when they come to me it's because they finally had sort of their reckoning where they realized that there was not going to ever come a day where they didn't have some element of dis- satisfaction when they were doing anything other than living their truth. And then it's a system of, you know, sort of a process of peeling back layers because at that point we have so much conditioning that we have to learn to unravel and, and kind of reveal the luminous sort of powerful being that resides underneath that.
0: Well, and, and that, you know, ties back into a lot of how I approach yoga is you didn't get bodily where you are today in one fell swoop. It was one layer after the next layer after the next layer. And it's like the layers of an onion. You got to peel them back one at a time. And sometimes that other layer kind of comes back up again. You got to peel it back down again. And I think that is so true in that, you know, even me as verbally outspoken as I am, there have been so many times where as I'm talking to these women, that I can remember going, you know, I just I took the path of least resistance. I got I got tired of so many people, you know, giving me a hard time for speaking my truth or telling me I was too much, too loud, too outspoken, you know, too tall. There's nothing I can do about how tall I am. Oh, you're part but
1: of the too much club too. <laughs>
0: You know, and and I'm too loud. I laugh too loud or, you know, whatever it is. And I, I I came out of this whole thing that on the one hand, I was too much. And on the other hand, I was never enough. Right. And so it took me until I was 48 years old to finally go, holy shit, I don't want to live my life that way anymore. But there are still, t- I've gotten to the point, and I don't know about you, but I've gotten to the point where I've gotten much wiser about picking my battles about which are the ones that I'm really going to just, you know, go balls to the wall on and and hold firm and other ones where I'm going to say, you know, I can compromise a little bit here because it gets me into a different space where I really want to be ultimately.
1: Right. And and I think that that's kind of that's a balanced approach to have with anything, you know, to me, it's not about being in polarity where you're either, you know, submissive to an extreme and completely outside of your power, or you're so much in your power that you're just kind of a bull in a China shop and (laughs) F you to everybody who tries to tell you what to do, you know, like there's that nice medium where, yeah, you have to make compromise to exist in this world. And my thing is too, is that I find that I don't need to make concessions per se When I'm in an environment in a situation where people are going to be respectful, because even if we disagree, even if there's something that's going on where I feel like maybe you're not, you know, really honoring my power, the more I can honor theirs and yet still hold on to my own, meaning, you know, that I don't lose my shit. I don't go off the deep end. I don't do anything that would otherwise be extreme it allows me to work in the system and to interact with others where I can feel like I'm still retaining my power. Does that make sense? But I'm not changing. I'm, I compromise is one thing, but I'm not like, I think that you can compromise and still stand very much in your power.
0: And I totally agree with you. I think it's one of those things where, you know, I am one of those, let's all come together. We're not all going to agree on the same thing, but we're all intelligent, capable people let's sit down and talk about what everybody's wants are what their desires are and figure out a way to be able to mesh them together to keep as much equilibrium as possible and there are situations where i have to be a little bit more forceful and situations where i pull back and and am a little bit softer it all depends on what's going on and it's being able to read the situation and i think sometimes women are better than that than men are that's for sure
1: That's so funny that you said that because I was just about to say you just gave a prime example of kind of the amazingness of women is that there is that versatility of being able to look at a situation and observe it and intuitively gauge what is needed. Do I need to be strong and be the warrior or do I need to be a bit softer and even better that we have each of those and everything between in that spectrum within us to draw from yeah it, it makes for a very non-one-dimensional being, right?
0: <laughs> yes well and 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 I just try to remember that as women we' we are the teachers. we are the bringers of the light. you know right. men have a much darker heavier energy than women do. And so that's why a part of why I decided to create my website in this community that I'm working on building that is that it's all about community and connection over competition, that we've been sold this bill of goods that we have to compete against each other and to divide and conquer us and that we really can be supportive. We can still maintain our independence and be who we are. But if we come together as a collective whole and bring that sense of connection, which there are so many women out there, Laura, I'm sure you've heard from your clients, the same thing. They're seeking deep connection. They're really, really missing that in their lives. Don't have that. And, um, they feel like they've been in competition with other women and they don't want to live in that space anymore.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I mean, I've had many, many clients and I myself have experienced just feeling as though it's very difficult to connect because there is at this point such an ingrained conditioning of, of sort of seeing other women as our competitors and, and a threat that we have to sort of protect ourselves from instead of seeing that they are our sisters and that they are somebody to protect and to hold close and to be there for and to celebrate. You know, I always say don't hate celebrate because, yeah. you know, even if somebody's doing something you want to do or even if they have something you want to have, the more that we can celebrate their havingness the more that we place ourselves in a position of of receiving and to kind of strengthen us as a collective as opposed to it just simply being about the individual and
0: that's very true so let me ask you this question what were a few things that you did in the early days of your path or your career that helped you move past any feelings of lack of legitimacy I think that women kind of suffer from (laughs) Studying. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean,
1: like I said, I'm a perpetual student. And if there's something that I feel I am not adept at or not good at or with, then I throw myself into reading everything, researching everything, taking courses, taking certifications, et cetera, that help me to feel more empowered with knowledge. You know, my motto is knowledge is power. And so, for me, it's just about learning, so that I have that confidence. And then it's about doing. Were you going to say something? I wanted to hear your thoughts. <laughs> uh,
0: well, so well, so when you made that one comment, I was going to say, when you have moved through your career, was there anything that you let go of that propelled you forward? So I understand that you studied, and mm-hmm. and that helped you you know build up your skill set but was there anything that you thought was important to have that when you let go of it created space for you to move forward but so i am having trouble
1: answering the question
0: was there anything that you let go of that propelled you forward oh
1: goodness i'm sure there's probably a lot i think <laughs> Personal level, on a personal level, holding on to to wounds, of course, um, from my childhood, uh, were super important for me. I kind of held on to them in a protective way for many years, as as many um, of those who've gone through some sort of trauma tend to do. And, and that's, you know, I, I had to have a sort of eye opening moment of realizing that I can continue to carry this around and think that all of this shit assimilated in front of me protects me, or I can start seeing it for what it is. And it's, it's kind of limiting me. But also pride, I think, you know, I think I, I, I tend to be somebody who's very prideful. And so for me, I had to really get comfortable in that beginner's mindset mindset. So I can open up to the curiosity of all of this, my path and, and, and reaching, you know, like pride, you know, meeting with the client, you want to solve everything. You want to be the best that there is. And when I could get into that beginner's mindset and just get curious and, and to not be afraid each time somebody would come to me, I found that not only did my intuition explode. And so I was already that much better with working with them, but I found that myself, I was so more comfortable in in what I'm doing in my path both as a woman and as a professional that I, I just felt like every day was was this exciting opportunity to to open my eyes to something new
0: well, that's incredible to hear I mean it's 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 just so interesting to me to talk to women that have, you know, kind of crafted their own way through. And some of them talk about they had to let go of things that happened in their past, like, you did, You know, letting go of those traumatic pain or anything that happened that was sort of holding you back. Some of them had to, you know, learn to let go of, of expectations that were put on them by their family that you know, they didn't ever have to own, but they did because that's what they knew. So that's always interesting to me to hear. So let me ask you this. What does balance look like in your daily life?
1: Mm, A very evolving process. (laughs) You know, you, I, I I I've got three kids. I obviously I work from home and and have my clients and my husband and our house and our dog. Well, now I just our one dog, but um, so every day I feel like I'm I'm reinventing what balance looks like and I think that that maybe to me is the definition of balance is just that willingness to not adhere to rigidity. Um, For me, I have to really kind of open up to the fact that kids are going to spill shit five minutes before they're due at school or that, you know, I'm going to have to take a preschooler and then rush home and talk you know, with this podcast. And sometimes things work out, you know, so for me, it's just about really, a willingness to go with the flow and to not attach myself to expectations that, that sometimes can be thrown for a loop, you know, due to things beyond my control. Then let
0: me ask you this next one. What's is your biggest inspiration in your life or who is your biggest inspiration? Mm.
1: I think it would be a cross between my namesake, which is my maternal grandmother, who's no longer with me physically, but somebody that I often visit with and channel with and and commune with spiritually, who really helps me um, to domestically get into that mindset. And so she inspires me to be as, as great a mother and caretaker um, and and just all around woman that she was, and then I would have to say that my children really inspire me. I have two. I have a son and two daughters, and they really inspire me to, on on a personal level, make sure that I am putting Laura the woman, you know, up on that same line as every other task and obligation, because I'm teaching them by example, especially my two daughters, Mm -hmm. how they can interact in this world with both agency and, and, and still, you know, cultivate something for themselves, but also something for their families or any other aspirations that they have.
0: So tell me, where do you feel like it it is a hard one? Um, Where do you feel like you defy expectations in your daily life?
1: I think just in the sheer ability to to manage as much as I do. You know, I mean, I'm home every day and and my my husband, he goes to an office, he's got a very traditional job. So I'm literally all day um, putting out fires and handling kids and running them here and running them there and taking clients and doing marketing and writing and meditating and just kind of all that I have on my plate to do that I I feel sometimes I I feel a great sense of, of pride that I'm able to, to manage that. And, and I think it's all with, like, we all have that within us. I'm just glad that I was able to sort of trust myself to be able to manage that.
0: Ah, now there's the key right there is trusting in yourself. So do you, do you feel like you've always had that trust in yourself? Or was there something that, some thing that happened or some awakening that you had <laughs> that you just went, Oh my God. You know, this is what I need to be doing is to actually trust myself and 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 believe that I'm on the right path.
1: (laughs) I was laughing because I I know I I definitely did not sort of come out of the womb with a sense of trust. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) it's it's pretty much been something that I've I've really only truly cultivated in the strength that I have um, now in my 30s, you know, I'm, I'm 37 now. And so it was something that, you know, once I started hitting 29, 30, I, I really started to cultivate it. But it, that was also coincidentally around the time that I had my second child. So I think my, my learning lesson and what happens for me and where that trust comes from is through the doing, which I'm somebody that I kind of just throw myself into things. You know, I, I kind of learn around along the way and I'm, you know, I'm gaining what I need to, but I, I tend to just throw myself into the fire and trust that somehow I'm going to find my way out of it and get us through it. Well, and you know, and I
0: understand that completely. And and just you talking about all of the things that you do between being a parent and a mother and a partner and a spouse, as well as running your own business and keeping all of the balls in the air, doing all of the things that you need to do to be successful. And it, it's just so interesting to me that you really derive a sense of pride from that, that you don't talk about it as, I didn't hear in your voice or in your delivery, that you feel that it's draining, that this is something that actually, it seems like you get energy, it energizes you to, to continue to move forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Mhm for sure. I mean this is the thing is that this is life, right? If right. we want to if we want to have it all, we have to be willing to do the work. You know, I don't want, I didn't want part of what drew me again to the path that I took was the fact that I would be able to, to have a family and also have a business and to have something on my own. And, and, and I, it was easier for me to do that because I did my work from home as opposed to if I were an international attorney or a politician and I would be traveling all the time that would make, that would have complicated. So I sort of chose a path that would allow me to do both. And and there's it's not like every day is like sunshine and roses. There's so many- <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm telling my husband that they've got to get the kids away from me so I can just have silence <laughs> for five minutes. <laughs> have those moments. But I think that I, at the end of the day, it comes down to the realization that I I want all of this. I want to be a business owner. I want to do the work that I do. I also want to have kids and I want to be a wife and I want to take care of my house and I love to cook and I, I cook all of our meals, you know, so I want to do all of these things. So to do that, I have to put in the work and I have to trust that I can manage it. And when I can't, something gets pushed to the side. <laughs> and, well, that's and, just- that's, and
0: that's such a pragmatic, pragmatic approach to the whole thing. And it's like, you know, like you said, every day isn't sunshine, roses and rainbows shooting out of your ass. This is mm-hmm. real life. Like you said, there are going to be days when kids spill something right before they need to go to school. And, and you know, it, it's it's that balancing piece of you deal with the shit when it rolls in. When the times are good, then you shoot forward and do some of the other things that you want to do. And when times are not as good, then then you can kind of circle the wagons and figure out, you know, what do I need to do? Or just do I just pause here for a moment? And and so it's 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 incredible to talk to you and learn more about what you've been doing because it's it sounds you're speaking to, to my soul in that, you know, I just go out and learn something. If I want to know how to do it, I got to go out and figure it out. And then once I get into it, it's like, do I like this? And not so much, or yeah, this is really cool. I mean, I learned how to build my own website, how to do this podcast, all of this all on my own with a little bit of help here and there. And so it's been one of those things where it's just been like this incredible learning curve. And I love to learn. I mean, I'm an anatomy geek, right? I sit down with an anatomy book just to read it. You know, because I'm I'm intrigued by people's bodies and how they move and what the what the mechanics are of that movement and how can I help somebody who comes to me in a yoga class and says I have this 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 going on, and I can either offer them something right away or just say you know let me do some research and I'll get back in touch with you and let you know how that's going to work. But so you talking about things like this, it, it just makes me realize just how conducive having a mindset like that is to staying vital. And, and you don't have to do something the same way for the rest of your life. It's, it's what I tried to teach my daughter who's now 32. It's like, you know what, getting your degree and doing all of this doesn't mean this is what you have to do for the rest of your life. You can be and do whatever it is that you want to do. You get to make the choice. And if you're not happy, then it's up to you to make the decision to do whatever it is you need to do to make you feel better.
1: Amen, I mean, absolutely I, I this is the thing is I came, I came from Midwestern, you know Michigan, you know, sort of this tiny small town, and success was very clearly defined by my peers, what they thought and 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 I there's a no guidebook for this shit, you know, I didn't have a how to be a mystic or you know. <laughs> have, you know, how to start your own business. I mean, I do come from a long line, I will say, of, of entrepreneurs in my family, but none, only, you know, one or two that were actually any good at it. So I kind of, I didn't exactly have a plethora of of sort of resources and, and, and you know, people who, who could really tell me how to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. And so everything was kind of, I always like to say that my life is very, you know, it's very very much connecting the dots and paint by the numbers. Like if you combine the two of them. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Because I kind of just roll with things and and I, I, I look at it and I kind of see, you know, what, what, Created this path and really launched me into making my work my work was my feeling so unhappy in my life and my feeling so miserable and so unhappy and feeling like I was, you know, I'm going to school, but I don't feel like I'm really doing anything. I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. I feel drained and tired. And it was up to me, you know, nothing, if nothing changes, nothing changes. You know, my husband always likes to say that to our kids. And it's like, you know, if there's anything that I can, Empower women to do is to take that agency and know that it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter where you're at, it doesn't matter the choices you made or what you've gone through. What matters is this very moment, and you're deciding whether or not you want to continue doing that or you want to change it. And the moment you simply step out on that ledge by acknowledging there is a choice, then you have the power to begin to choose differently. And if we made the mess that we're in, for better or for worse, then we can unmake that shit and make something different. And that is a very, very powerful realization. We don't need other people to do it for us. We don't need, you know, somebody holding our hand, though that's sometimes nice, <laughs> <laughs> but we just need to make the choice.
0: I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, it's just, I, my focus group that I have is a range of 75 women Um, ranging in age from my 20-year-old niece to a friend who's 70. And so some of my big questions have been, at this point in time in your life, what are the dreams that you had or still have that you haven't realized and why? Mm -hmm. And actually getting them to take the time out to think about it. Just like the interview questions that I did for you for your blog post interview, that's what I do for my women of the week, which comes out of that group of women. And you know, some of them were like, ooh, these are big questions. And it's like, they're questions that I want you to actually sit down and make time for to think about how you want to answer it. And then I get responses back of people saying, well, I hope this is okay, or I hope my answers are all right, or you can change anything you want. And my response is always, this is not for me. This is an exercise for you. I'm asking you to take time out of your life of keeping all of the balls up in the air and sit down and tap into your deepest heart tap into your deepest truth and answer these questions for yourself. So there's no right or wrong. It's about what this is, what this feels like for you. And it's been interesting to see how some of these people that were kind of hesitant to actually do this have had some of the most amazing epiphanies while they answer these questions.
1: Oh, for sure. Because it's probably the first time they've been asked something that in recent memory.
0: Well, that... And, and somebody asking them to tell their story, to give them permission. And a lot of them is like, oh, I don't have anything to say that's important. And it's like, you know what? Every story is important. What may yeah. seem minuscule or unimportant to you could be just the thing that someone else needs to hear that can right. change their
1: life. Not just that, but let's remember that we're all on various stages of evolution. And so somewhere that I am now is maybe somewhere is a place that somebody else aspires to be, just as there's somebody else who is in a position that I aspire to reach. And what happens when we share our stories and we talk about our wants and our needs and our accomplishments, what we do is we help to empower those who may aspire to reach a similar state that if they can do it, I can do it. And it reminds people that, you know what, there was a time when I, you know, that where I'm at now seems so far away. It seems so unattainable. I was chomping oh, yeah. at the bit to get there, but it seemed so unattainable. And now here I am. So sharing stories like that and sharing those wants and dreams and really tapping into that narrative and that story, it inspires, but it also takes us, you know, sort of away from our own experience to have a moment of gratitude for everything we have. accomplished because there was a point that we thought we may not make that and we did so get let's get trucking and let's do the rest of this (laughs) well the rest of those dreams
0: well and the thing for me is that i you know i'm a gemini and i am i move fast i speak fast it's all about you know verbalizing for me and i like to put the pedal to the metal And for me to slow down or to pause is really hard, but there have been times when the universe has said, okay, you have to learn how to do this at this particular point in time in your life, you have to slow down and you have to do these things. And I I had, I was working with um, a friend in a group and she said, listen, I want you to take the next three months and not, do these other things. And I want you to just take some time, make some notes, go out, listen to some podcasts or do some reading and just put yourself in pause mode and be a sponge and absorb. And I was like, okay. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was because she gave me the permission and it, that spoke to me in that moment and the, the switch flipped and that happened, or if I was just in the right place to go, okay, I know this is what I need to do, but it was a very, it's been a very interesting last nine plus months to kind of, look at that and to think that, you know, I would never get to a certain place or the last four years of dealing with a chronic health issue. And I'm finally the most stable that I've been in four years. And I mean, there were times in there where honestly, I mean, I was suicidal at one point in time. So Mm -hmm. it's those things where you move through those and you think, oh my God, am I, is it ever going to stop? Is it ever going to get better? And I had so many people, say to me, you know, I look at you as an inspiration and I'm like, why? I have days where I have a hard time just remembering to put clean clothes on. But I think that we, we, all of us are inspirations at various points in time in our life for different reasons, for different people. And it may not make sense to us, but if we truly are open to hearing somebody say, gee, what you said or what you did or how you handled yourself was so inspiring to me. And if you can just say, thank you so much for telling me that instead of going, oh, it was nothing or, you know, I didn't really do anything or, you know.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that that's kind of a perpetual state for some of us is that sense of debasing sort of what we've accomplished and what we've done, you know, from this false sense of humbleness. And don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating that everybody like throw on their best arrogant asshole and run out there and just start touting, and shooting their, (laughs) their mouths about how great they are in a negative way. But I think that, you know, humbleness like anything when done to a fault is not necessarily healthy. You know, so I absolutely agree. Just the receptivity to be able to take a compliment and to hear something like that and to just, you know, simply receive it without needing to debase it. Ooh,
0: powerful. And and to just say a simple thank you so much for telling me or just thank you. Um, It's it's incredible to be able to get to that point um, and to not have, and so many women I know, they're always apologizing. It's like, stop apologizing. You don't need to apologize. It's okay. We're all human. We're all trying to live life with as much grace as possible. Some of us do it better than others. And you know what? You don't have to apologize unless you've done something purposely that hurt someone, or you did something that you didn't realize hurt someone. That's when you apologize, but not just for living your life. Right,
1: yes, <laughs> that is so interesting that you bring that up because my husband and I were starting a website about sorry, not sorry, and the idea that that women, but also you know all of us, men as well, have this this sort of perpetual you know, I'm sorry, badge up on our foreheads, We're even just bumping into somebody or even just living our lives and somebody taking, you know, issue with how we're doing something, you know, we we apologize for everything to yep. the point that it, it's kind of like this guilt mentality. Yes. Where it, it takes us over and we don't know how to, simply live our lives with a sense of boundary and not feeling bad or guilty for doing what we're doing. Yeah. If you hurt somebody inadvertently, or if you hurt somebody on purpose, obviously there's a, there's a time and a place for, I'm sorry, but not to the level that we've been acting that we've been sort of putting it out there as a culture, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I just, I just feel that there's like this whole thing, this whole guilt path that you know, it can come from somebody's church. It can come from their community. It can come from their family. It can come from society or politics or whatever it is that, and I, I think sometimes, again, it, it, it's more heavily on women than it is on men. And, and we're just, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not a perfect wife. And it's like, you know, my thing is fuck perfection. It doesn't exist and it's fucking boring. So give up trying to have things be perfect and get in there with the messiness of it, right? The sloppy everything, because that's the part where the most amazing things happen. And it's where the beauty actually shows up. And, and people just tend to to kind of not realize that it's the imperfections that make people these incredible beings that they are. You trying to be perfect and look perfect and act perfect and speak perfect doesn't say anything but that you're a Stepford person and not a real human being.
1: Right, because all the magic exists in the messy moments as far as yes. I'm concerned. Yeah, me too. You know, I mean, and that's kind of why I like, you know, I say that I sort of just throw myself into the fire and I trust that I'll find and figure out my way through it. It's because there's so much we learn when we don't try to strive for this totally curated, ridiculous. <laughs> idea of perfection. And when we just dig into the messiness of life and we just sort of let things happen as they will, there's a beautiful thing that happens because we really learn about who we are and what we're made of and really also what we want. So many of us have no idea what we want because we've been so afraid to explore what we don't that we we sort of have this very one-dimensional, one-sided view of what life is supposed to be like.
0: Well, and, and I've always been a person that I, it's easier for me to figure out what I don't want sometimes and what it is to know what I do want. And, um, and someone was like, Ooh, that seems really harsh. And it's like, no, it's not. It's, it's that I've been through enough to know that I don't want to go back down any of those paths again. I may not know exactly where I want to be, but I know I don't want to go back there.
1: Right. And that's, That's the good thing, right? The idea that I don't think we need to know precisely where we're going. I'm of the mindset, you know, I, I agree with you 100% and that's extremely resonant with me. The idea that I can be very dialed into what I don't want based on the experience of my life, but that doesn't mean I need to have this crystalline vision of what I do want. You know, and I, I, I'm not one of those people I, I've worked with coaches before. And one of the questions that invariably comes up is, you know, well, what do you want? What, you know, what is the vision of what you want? And I think that for me, I always ask more on a feeling level. Like, how do you want to feel about your right. life? Yes. Because when you tap into the essence of something, then you're not as, as, as attached to this idea that, That my reality, my future has to look like this very, very specific, detailed, crystalline vision I have in my head, because that's where we get into a lot of trouble. Because let's face it, life does not always comply. No, (laughs) and sometimes sometimes (laughs) it looks way different, you know, in in reality than it did in our sort of very limited vision of it. And so I think that we need to like, for me, I, I don't think that having and in t- and if you do like if somebody does that's great that's how you operate and, and you and you know that in your heart that's great but for me it's always been easier for me to tap into the essence of how i want to feel about my life and then kind of just open up to the exploration of what that's going to look like not attachment to what i think it should well and and the other thing too
0: is when i was raising my daughter was you know what you make a decision with the information that you have at the time. And you may move on to a different point and then realize, gee, that maybe wasn't the best decision to make. But at the time, that was the information that you had, you made the best choice at the time that you had. And it just means that then later, you can make a different decision. And it's you're not your mistakes. You're not your incorrect choices or decisions. You are who you are. And all of those pieces are what go in to make you up to be the intelligent, incredible human being that you are. So never feel that you can't make mistakes because a lot of times mistakes or failures are the things that teach you the most about, well, I don't want to do this, but so gee, that looks good over there. Let me go try that for a while. And if that doesn't work out, then gee, that looks good over there. Let me go try that for a while. I don't want anybody to Ever feel that they have this expectation of what it should be, how it should be, when it should happen, what it should look like? Because that takes away some of the mystery and the childlike quality of getting excited about
1: new things that show up in your life and taking advantage of them. Right. I mean, I think that 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 sense of rigidity for me, it's just you, we have to be more open. I, if I could, you know, suggest that one thing that's worked incredibly well for me and and try it on and see if it works for others is just being receptive. You know, I I think if we can say yes more than we say no. It shows that we're not attached to this idea of permanence and this idea of what something should be like. And instead we kind of open up to what is possible.
0: Well, and, and I really think that, like you said, what, How did it make you feel? I'm all about at this point in time in my life doing only the things that feel good. If it doesn't feel good, I have to stop and say to myself, Why the fuck are you doing this? It doesn't feel good. So stop it. And allowing yourself, giving yourself the permission or allowing or stepping into, or however you want to phrase it, that space to be able to say to yourself, I'm going to just truly tap into what feels good and only following the things that feel good and letting go of everything else right oh my gosh
1: <laughs> you're speaking right to my heart because it I mean, how many of us though I mean and let's be honest I mean I even find myself saying yes sometimes to things I don't want to or I find myself you know doing something and then realizing you know okay that didn't feel good and yet simultaneously I make the decision that leads me down the same path you know a day or whatever so later I mean we all do that you know right. I I think that important is just understanding that we still have that power to say, "Mm, no, (laughs) I'm going to do it different. (laughs) I'm going to try something else. And to know that we have that. Because again, I think that if we can just acknowledge having that agency, then it makes, you know, it makes these things, these decisions, these exercises of power, so much more familiar and not as uncomfortable.
0: Well, and I always (laughs) look at it as the fork in the road. There's always another fork in the road. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, there's always a different direction that you can go. You don't have to move in the same one. You're not, you're not a tree. You're not rooted to the spot.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Your roots are are not, you know, sinking miles and miles beneath the earth and making you immovable. No, absolutely. You know, and that's something I come into contact a lot of times with my readings is that there's many of us who um, they tend to view predictive style readings as this idea that, you know that that those who do them have a microscope to see absolutely every detail of their present and a telescope to predict absolutely everything of their future and i always say that ultimately our lives are a system of choices and and i can help illuminate the path that each choice will provide but you always have the choice to make uh, you know the decision you're going to make and that that decision in turn changes the path that you're going to you know you're going to be walking and the good thing is is that even if we find that the choice we make initially doesn't quite suit us like you said there's always another fork in the road so you always have the option down the road you can always choose differently
0: yes that is so true so let me ask you this question what do you leave undone in your life
1: What do I leave undone? Mm -hmm. What do I leave undone? I probably have a million things. (laughs) I've got, I mean, I have an entire notebook of things to fully exercise and implement. Um, But I don't know that I would say I leave it undone. Maybe, I mean, if I'm misunderstanding the question, then feel free to correct me. But I kind of, to me, there's always going to be, you know, I'll get there. You know, life is busy and maybe I can't today, but I don't want to leave... I don't want to say I leave it undone. You just, put I a, just
0: maybe it. you just put a bookmark in it.
1: Yeah, because I got lots of. I mean, I, I'm a, I my <laughs> my communication sector and how I learn and, and all of that is very much rooted in Gemini. Mm. So I have a thousand different ideas and a finite amount of time. <laughs> yeah,
0: I understand that completely.
1: <laughs> so I have lots of, of things that I guess technically are undone, but I I, I found that sometimes it's so that I can evolve to a point in my life where I am then capable of truly giving that idea and honoring that idea in a way that suits it. And that, and that truly is, um, truly is prepared, if you will.
0: That that's, that's incredibly concise. I, I love that. That's really good to know. Well, I could go on talking to you all day, I'm sure. Um, but, I'd like to close with what is it that you do to recharge your batteries? What do you, what do you do for yourself Ooh. that, that recharges so, your battery?
1: Sacred self-care. I'm so glad you asked about that because we really need to exercise it. All of us so much more. Yes. what <laughs> That looks like for us as individuals. For me, it's really having either some time by a body of water and you know, my mm-hmm. Pisces little My Pisces heart needs its water, its bodies of water. But reading for me is super important. Just having a quiet room where I can slip into another world of whatever book I'm reading for just a short while, it it really kind of revigorates me and, and helps me to go back out into my day and to feel like I'm doing it with my well full, you know, just that tiny little thing. And and it doesn't even have to be very long. Sometimes it's just hitting pause and, and not having anybody kind of calling my name or asking for my help or, you know, whatever it may be. Just that few minutes of, of getting to escape into the world of somebody or something else just feels so uplifting and just it's so therapeutic for that brief moment where I feel like, okay, I'm I'm charged up now. I can go back out there. I can get it done. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's great. So listen, I want you to tell the listeners where they can find you.
1: Well, I would definitely suggest if you want to learn more about me or my services or read any of the various articles that I have up on the site, you can head over to ofspiritandbone.com and also head over to Instagram to search at symbol of spirit and bone. And I do lots of Uh, free daily readings and just cosmic musings and it's a place for us to all kind of connect and share and and to have community which is ultimately what i want to to foster so you can find me
0: there. Awesome. I'll make sure that all of that's in the the show notes for everybody to be able to reach out to you. And Laura, I would love to have you come and be on the podcast again. Maybe we can talk about some energy or something, but let's stay in touch because I just think that this would be a great discussion to further on and we'll do it in another podcast. And thank you so much for your time today. I'm so happy that you were available to be able to do this and I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I absolutely loved being here and talking with you. And it's been such an empowering conversation. I can't wait to keep my my ear out for all the podcast episodes to come i am so excited for your venture here in the community you're building so thank you for letting me be even a small portion of that
0: well i'm i'm just happy that you're in the group so thank you for joining us today everyone again you can find laura in all the spaces that she's mentioned i'll also make sure they're up in the show notes and join us again for the next episode and um more stories of women the The greatest stories are the ones that you think don't matter, but actually are the ones that are the most important. Thanks, and I'll talk to you all soon. Since Laura's interview was recorded, she's updated her name to intuitivealchemy.co. You can find her at Instagram under that name and her website at www.intuitivealchemy.co. Thank you for joining us.